In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, give you thanks and praise for the season of Lent. Help us to enter into it faithfully and fruitfully so as to die to ourselves, live for you, and rise with you in the resurrection. Amen. Not sure if you noticed at St. Thomas, but if you see right outside the window there, let's all look over there. I can see you. Look, there's a there's a statue like right, like there. Some of you are blocked by the pillar in there. There's a statue there. If you ever noticed that statue? Father Rodney put that statue out there, and he was he was wanting to put a statue out there that every time people come into the church, they would see somebody, a holy figure, that would convert their heart to Jesus Christ. So Father Rodney put a statue of himself out there, right? And it's fat Father Rodney, not skinny Father Rodney. So, it's, so he changed a little bit, so he put a statue of himself out there so you can see him and go from there. Clearly, I'm joking. It's not a statue of Father Rodney that would be sacrilege, Father Rodney. It's a statue of St. Francis of Assisi. And I think it's one of the most uh, past statues. If you don't know it's there, it's easy to pass it and not know that it's there as you pull into uh, St. Thomas. But he's very, in, but he honestly, Father Rodney did actually put it there intentionally. So when you pull into the church, it's a recognition of a man, a very, very famous saint throughout the church who lived, God, 800 years ago, who lived a life of luxury 800 years ago, not just today, but in general, and chose, willingly chose, to not follow the ways of the world, but to give all of it up in, this, in, this, in a very holy way, in a sense of poverty, chastity, and obedience, which is a, still a thing that religious do. The countless thousands of people who live that out, whether physically in their vows or spiritually in their lives, is very beautiful. But I'm talking specifically about him as an individual, as a representation of that life, living a life of poverty, chastity, and obedience. And they fight against the temptations of the world, which are money, pleasure, and power, the same temptations that came into the gospel today against Jesus. So money would be like the kingdoms of the world and all that they're, they, all the wealth that is in them. Chastity or pleasure against the bread that the devil tempted Jesus into today. Or power to have control and to want to, to, want to be, I can do things and God will just do it for me. The power of throwing yourself off the temple and letting God to protect and to save you. So the same temptations throughout, throughout human history given to Jesus, given to all of humanity, and we're called as Christians, as followers of Christ, to be intentional. How do we, in our own specific ways of life, live out the spiritualities of poverty, chastity, and obedience, each equivalent to their state of life? Right? It, would be, it would be absurd for a husband and father and provider to not have any money. Right? You have to provide for your family. But it's different for each person and their state of life. So Lent, as we enter into this entire season, seven weeks, of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. The whole season of reminding ourselves and going back to God so as not to live just for the ways of the world. Now, I don't know how this happened in the history of Christianity, especially for us as Catholics, how we've, we've like watered down the beauty of Lent, right? There's a way to do Lent right, and there's a way to do Lent like, like not give God our full attention or kind of just, I don't know, we're maybe soft in the world. I don't know what it is. Think, for example, who knows what a punchki is? Any punchki fans out there? One person. Anyone else? All right. We live in a very Polish, dense area here in Metro Detroit. Punchkis are a thing. Punchkis are really, 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 really fat donuts stuffed with sugar. I like the raspberry ones because raspberry is my favorite, right? They're not good for you by any means. They're like a thousand calories. They're absurd. Now, the spiritual, there's a spirituality behind punchkis. There's a legit a spirituality. Are the very faithful Polish people to this day are very faithful to God and the Catholic Church. 
on Fat Tuesday, what they would do before Lent is they would take all their sugar, all their fat, all their good stuff in the house, and they would fry it, and they would eat it. They would get rid of it, basically. So that for the entirety of Lent, they would just not enjoy the pleasures of this world. And it was very faithful, even for us as Chaldeans, for generations. Lent would encompass, like, good, good, and, like, vegetables. That's it. Like, so now, now how do we do Lent? Like, well, I'm going to give up chocolate, but I'm going to eat Skittles. Okay? I guess that you're doing something, right? Oh, I'm not going to give up anything. I'm just going to add. Okay? That's never been the spirituality of the church. But if you want to do that because you're too comfortable to give up anything physical in the world, I guess if you really want to. Like, if we do Lent, like, really watered down. And I would just challenge us to say, like, can we, can we do Lent better? Do Lent, for, like, really attentively. Because sometimes it can be criticism, and it's honestly an accurate criticism. People are like, oh, you Catholics give up meat on Fridays, but then you guys eat sushi and lobster and all these things. It's like, you're right. We shouldn't be doing that. There's a, spirit, there's a practicality and a rule, all these things, fine. But then there's, a, like, a spirituality that should be deeper in how we enter into the beauty of Lent. So, how do we do it? We have prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. In general, we add, we subtract, and we give to what is needed in the world. And we have to do it. And the beauty, one of the beauty, beautiful parts of Lent is we do it together. So the fact that we do it together, no one's special. Like, you're like, well, I give up meat on Fridays. We all do meatless Fridays. We should be doing meatless Fridays for Lent. Well, I give up meat the first and last week of Lent. We should all give up meat the first and last week of Lent. As a community, as a body of Christ, as every faithful Catholic across the world, the whole world, whole Catholic world, is refocusing on Jesus, and the entire season is for us to do that. So how do we enter into it? Fasting is a big part of it. And how we fast is important. Now, once again, I would challenge you to do Lent with like a vigor, with a heart of your hearts. Part of it is like you could look at the spirituality of a very popular Exodus 90 or Magnify 90, these kind of programs that exist out there, and take something from there so as to enter into uh, the season of Lent. For example, taking cold showers, giving up all sweets, not just chocolates, you can eat your Skittles, like all sweets, giving up snacking, giving up all drinks in general. Think about that. Think about like, not just like, I'm going to give up pop, or I'm going to give up coffee. Like, what if you did only water, as far as drinks, obviously eat food, only water for all of Lent. It's very specific. So do you want coffee, this and this and that? No, I'm going to just drink water. Now, for example, Father Marcus, great priest. I don't talk to Father Marcus until he's had at least two cups of coffee. Because he's just like, I can't talk to the guy, his mind, he's not awake. So out of charity to humanity, Father Marcus drinks coffee during Lent. He doesn't have to enjoy it. It could be lukewarm. It doesn't have to be from a fancy like drip thing. It could be from a Keurig. Whatever. There's ways to enter into the spirituality of Lent. Drink your coffee without cream. Drink it lukewarm. Drink it an hour later than you wanted to. Get up an hour earlier. I don't know. There's a whole multitude of things that we can do. Uh, we live in a culture where we go out to eat a lot, go out to restaurants and stuff. Maybe give that, give that up for Lent, right? That would be a very good way to do that. You can, you can do a lot of things. You can skip lunch, all these things. Yesterday for the First Communion and Catechism, First Communion kids especially, I was like, what if you all for Lent, because they're preparing for their First Communion. I was like, what did you guys give up your Switches, give up your iPads, give up your Fortnite, give up YouTube for Lent? And there was a mutiny. Like, no! Not my YouTube! And I was like, oh, I was like shocked, scandalized. It's like, good golly, it's like, it's not a drug, right? But I guess apparently it is. There, and it's a problem. Like, what? We can't do that? Like, 15 years ago, like, wasn't an issue, and now we can't live without it. 
we'll be fine. Imagine if your household, your entire household, as a collective body, went screenless for Lent. You would come home after work or school, unless you had to do work or school. You weren't watching television. You weren't playing video games. You weren't scrolling through stuff. You were just looking at each other and talking to each other. God forbid your children would communicate with each other and love each other and talk about their day, right? They would be a beautiful way to do that. So what? For women, I would suggest things like not doing unnecessary shopping. Like, don't go to Target. Don't scroll on Amazon, right? And don't do all these things. And you would save millions of dollars and we'd build ourselves a new church, right? All these things would happen. We can give up makeup, right? It's a thing. You're all very beautiful. You don't have to put on makeup. We're, you've been lied to by the world of how the beauty should be. What if you just change that and live a simple life? There's a lot of ways to enter into the spirituality of Lent very beautifully through fasting. Now, almsgiving. How do we do almsgiving? One thing I would really challenge you all is to meditate and reflect on your full pantry, on your comfortable bed, on your warm water, on your running water, on your toilets that work, on your homes, on your cars, on your bank accounts. We live in the most comfortable era in human history. And yet there are people out there in the world, especially, for example, refugees in Lebanon, who actually live by the daily bread, actually live month to month, week to week, just to survive. So my suggestion to you would be this. Let's say you don't go out to eat for the entirety of Lent. You would save, I don't know, ballpark, $100-ish a week, just as a ballpark number. I'm a big Culver's fan. That's what I can afford. It's delicious, right? So I'm going to vote for Lent. Now, you take that $100 a week times seven weeks, $700. Double it and give it to the refugees. Would you hurt a little bit? Yeah, you would. Would you foreclose in your home because of it? Probably not. He would survive. It would be different. So how do we do that intentionally? So once again, fasting and almsgiving. Now, why am I leaving prayer to the end? Because when I was praying with this, I always pray with, we enter into the first week of Lent, I try to be very practical for you so as, my, as your father, I can guide you in how to enter into the spirituality of Lent well. Obviously, you want to do a fast. It could be your own individual fast. Make sure it's actually fasting. Giving alms, everybody's at different financial places in their life. Give what you can. Prayer. What I would challenge you this Lent is whatever you do for prayer, try to do it communally. Do it as a family, like as a unit. I know we're very busy. We get up, we're driving to work, we're driving to school, we come back, we have hockey practice and basketball practice and cheer. We have to go to this and go to that. We come home, we have homework to do and laundry to do and chores to do. And we do it again, do it again, do it again. We're like ships passing in the night as families. But what if... As a family, you say every single day we're going to come together and we're going to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Every single day we're going to get together and we're going to pray the Rosary together. We're going to pause, turn off our screens, turn off our phones for 15, 20 minutes and pray. And your family will pray together. Especially if we think of uh, Scripture. The Word of God is so beautiful. So Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in the Year, which is a few years ago, but it's still, it's a masterpiece. It's a spiritual masterpiece for us to enter into the spirituality of the Word of God. Now, the New Testament, if you want to do the whole Bible in the year, the New Testament starts in Detroit. starts at 313. It starts in the 313th day of the Bible in the year. How perfect is that? He's like a Detroit boy through and through, but he's from Duluth, Minnesota, whatever. But it's beautiful to see that, so you can just start it. And imagine you start that, and then you end it a little after Lent, or you double it up a couple days. In, in the entirety of Lent, you will have read through the entire New Testament, of which I'm presuming most of you have never done. And you can do it all 
in one Lent, as a family, you can grow in love of God, in love of the Word of God, and in love of each other because the Word of God draws us together as a family. So, my brothers and sisters, as we enter into this Lent, every year we go Lent, every year it comes back around, every year the spirituality and the wisdom of the church is refocus back to the heart of Jesus. All of our comforts and these things, they come and go. God is our source and our consolation. Pray, fast, give alms. Whatever you do this Lent, do it well, do it intentionally, surrender your hearts to Jesus. Amen.